Yo, what's going on, everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour. Yes, welcome to episode 91. So last week, got to give a big shout out and thank you to Pam from Cannot Be Tamed. Hell of a great guest, hell of a great person. Definitely make sure you check all the links to her page in the last episode that we put out there. Thanks again to her for coming on. And we're keeping the guest train rolling. Some could say from an unexpected source. So this week we have Ken Bone with us. And for those of you who aren't going, who the hell's that right now? Think 2016, think red sweatshirt, but there's way more to him than just that. Ken, how you doing, man? Oh, no, pretty well. How you guys doing? Doing good. So... I know everyone out there is like, Ken freaking Bone, what's he doing on this podcast? So you were actually on our buddy's podcast, The Thought Cops, and all of a sudden, about halfway through, you just started spouting off all this gamer knowledge. And I was going, holy shit, he's a gamer just like us. This would be a perfect guy to talk to about this kind of stuff. So thanks for coming on, man. Well, I don't know if I'm just like you. I'm seeing your setup behind you, and I'm, I'm very <laughs> jealous slash impressed, but I'll, I'll see what we got. No, this is unhealthy. Do not be like this. Never turn into this. For the love of God. I have a room like this different shit. <laughs> there you go. You, you spend your time looking at important stuff. We spend our time playing games and drinking way too much beer. So <laughs> oh, I'm glad that you think I do something important. That's, uh, that's real nice of you, bud. <laughs> well, you, you get in front of uh, president, presidential candidates and make valid points while we just argue with each other about who's a bigger asshole for playing what game. So, <laughs> well, that's cool. I, just, you know, I don't want to have to do what I do anymore. I'm going to retire from politics and go back to drinking beer and playing video games. So that, that was, you know, one of the first things before we get into some of our topics, um, you know, how, how many times had you gone to any political events prior to that televised one? Never. Never. So it was just <laughs> <laughs> I don't even what go to HOA meetings. Like, Damn. like I've never even been to a freaking PTA or an HOA meeting. It's silly to me to watch people fight over petty bullshit. But I got this random invitation to go to this. I was like, oh, that seems neat. Yeah. And I guess uh what what was the all like what was it like afterwards, like from your friends, from family? Like did were they giving you a bunch of shit, kind of busting your balls after that once you start getting all the attention? Well, for the first month or so, everybody's like, Oh my gosh, that's the coolest thing ever. Tell us this story again and do do this and tell us this and tell us this and what's this guy like? Yeah. Cause I met all like the cable news personalities and some senators and Congress people, and even a couple of actual celebrities. And they're like, tell us what this guy's like. And it very quickly transitioned into, Oh my God, he's going to tell the goddamn story again about how he saw Robert Downey Jr. One time. And I, I can't hear, I can't listen to it again. <laughs> how many of those places or did any of those places or people request like when talking to you, about you wearing that red sweater like that thing has to be the bane of your existence everybody asked me to wear the red sweater and i always tell them no i only wear it for <laughs> charity stuff pretty much i'll wear it for like a paying gig if the if the price is right yeah and i'll wear it for charity but but that's it like uh i'm on cameo you can book me on cameo or you know custom video greetings for you know to tell my brother-in-law happy birthday or whatever and people all the time are like wear the red sweater and i'm thinking like man i only charge like 20 dollars for this i'm not wearing <laughs> fucking the red sweater i don't have the original one anyway i only have this cheap knockoff part of a halloween costume that i bought a couple years back because i didn't even have one i sold the original one for charity got like 10 grand for it 
Wow. Damn. Holy shit. Scarity in the area. And then I was like, thank God I'm finally rid of the thing. I hate it. I hate putting it on. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me feel like a freaking cartoon character. Like, did you want to talk to me or did you want to talk to my stupid sweater? It's such an odd thing for people have to really just grasp onto. I, I, I never get that when shit like that. They're like, oh, it's, you know, red sweater guy, green shirt guy. All those things kept popping up. Uh, I know a green shirt guy. He's a good dude. <laughs> exactly. That's my point, though. Like, there are people behind it, but everyone just knows them because of the media. It makes a big deal of those those people. And it just, I don't know. I love that you were able to pivot that, though, into something for charity, make a little money on the side for that. That's awesome. I think it would be yeah, really it's cool. so weird. Like, <laughs> any cable news person that's like you know can you wear the sweater or anybody it's like can you wear i'm like well, let's let's just pretend like you get brett Favre on the show next week he's gonna wear his <laughs> fucking football helmet no he's just gonna wear whatever he was wearing that day yeah it's yeah. gotta be it's gotta be weird to have that meme following you basically everywhere at this point right it's going on five years now almost uh it's crazy it's been uh yeah, a year and a little over, a, or four years and like a month or six weeks or something like that. But who's counting? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and it seems like, you know, you're around for a little bit and then every once in a while you like pop up here and there or like there'll be some like random like Twitter like snafu and all of a sudden it's like, wait, what the hell is Ken Bone here doing with uh, throwing his name into the hat and shit like that? Yeah, it's always like, weird when people are like, man, Ken Bone's back. I'm like, I didn't go anywhere. And then my, one of my favorite attacks is people are like, you're not even relevant anymore. I'm like, do you have to be relevant to use Twitter? How are the rest of you plebes using it? Like, yeah. <laughs> at least I was on television once, you fucking hack. Yeah. You have a blue check mark. We don't have the blue check I mark. I do. Ooh, I'm wait. a verified nobody. Friend of mine, uh, Bridget, who runs a uh, podcast or a couple of podcasts, uh, she sells uh, some of her merch is uh, a mug with the blue check on it. It says verified nobody. That's <laughs> awesome. Cool. I love that. Dude, I, I think it would be mail, it would be so great though if you did like if somebody that runs uh I, I don't know like um, a merchandise shop or something literally take that like whole red sweatshirt thing, never wear it again, but sell it to people and just put KB your initials on there and just sell it for stupid money. Like that's I, I love those turnaround like little like, okay, you want to make something out of me, I'll make something out of that. Yeah, I probably yeah. could have ripped it off. Like, Izod made the sweater, and they paid me a whole bunch of money. Uh, mm-hmm. They paid me a whole bunch to be their spokesperson for the rest of the year. And the same company that owns Izod also owns Calvin Klein. So I was technically a Calvin Klein model <laughs> for several months. Uh, take that body image issues. Uh, no, you're just adding on to that but resume. It's just, it's just a standard, you know, red cable knit sweater. It's yeah. not patented or anything. So really, I, I could just be churning them out there and putting my own, like my big stupid face on the where the alligator would go for Lacoste or whatever. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and selling it. But I don't think anybody would buy them. Uh, I think somebody would buy them. And I love the fact that you just said you were Calvin Klein model. And I would love in your Twitter bio if that's what you just write. I'm a former Calvin Klein model. <laughs> like, just leave it there. Sure. <laughs> Twitter bio needs an update. It's been the same for a long time. <laughs> So again, twenty bucks seems like you're selling yourself short. Undertaker's doing them for a thousand. I think he's setting the bar higher for everyone. Undertaker is a little more uh, uh, in the cultural awareness 
than I am right now. <laughs> I would rather have a message from Undertaker than from me, for being honest. Also, I think he's limiting, like he's only doing 20 of them, so they're going to be collector's pieces. Yeah. Videos from Undertaker that say happy birthday. And I think one was legitimately like, your mother's saying you're doing a good job. <laughs> like that just has to be a super fan mark out there. I guess. I mean, you drop a thousand bones. I don't know what it looks like, but I hope he at least puts full effort into the video for a thousand dollars. He's not just like sitting there eating his Cheerios. Like Undertaker says hello. Like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Luckily, he was yeah, in costume. Much, everybody tries to put a little little effort into it. Uh, yeah, Undertaker is going the extra mile, wearing all his gear and everything. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. Uh, sometimes I wear a red T-shirt to give the TV magic illusion that I'm wearing a red sweater. But that's about as far as I'll, I'll go usually. So Ken, I'm sure you've been talking about the sweater for goddamn years now. But more importantly, are you drinking anything tonight with us? Uh, yeah, well, I'm drinking Bud Light, so hopefully this is not one of those beer podcasts where we look down on the uh, proletariat like me who enjoy nope. American light lagers. Sir, please. One of my favorites is Keystone Light, so you're oh, speaking to a brother nice. in arms here. Keystone Light is my dad's go-to beer because he doesn't like spending very much money on beer. God yeah. damn it used right. used to be Bud Ice, but it's harder to come by. <sighs> Bud Ice is definitely hard to come by these days. Um, no, we have definitely never looked down on that. And it's funny because when we start the, the page, our point was we were tired of beer snobs always looking down on those beers. So we tried to make some criteria saying like, hey, value of beer means something too, not just all these other things. It turned out disastrous, but either way, we've always still stood up for uh, one of our favorite local beers is called Lion's Head. I don't know if you've heard about that in Illinois, but I mean, you can get an entire case for 14 bucks and they have a little puzzle on the top, like a Pictionary puzzle. I'm still one of my favorite beers to this day. So I'm all about the cheap beer. Uh, whatever you like to drink, drink it up. So cheers yep. to that, Ken. Appreciate one of my it. best work buddies is from uh, Philly. He loves Lion's Head. And there you he, go. He always says he'll bring some back the next time he goes home. Then he doesn't because he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the uh, the beer snobs are the worst, man. They put any of those like, what wine do you pair with what protein people to shame? Oh like, yeah. Come on, man. We're all we're the working class here. We're brothers in arms. We're beer drinkers. Just wear what you dig, drink what you like. The most fancy I'll usually go is like Saint Archer Gold because it's still kind of light and crisp. I mean, beer. Unfortunately for Jim and I between beer and video games you talk about two of the most divisive crowds out there like you got beer snobs you got video game snobs and we see a lot of similarities and i'm sure you see it in any arena that you get interested in but yeah god forbid you like a beer that is considered a macro or it's cheaply made or it's not just a pure ipa like you're gonna get hated on no matter what so we're just like enjoy what you enjoy just don't be a dick to people just because they like what they like yeah, just because yeah, you got uh, used it's, to it's crazy. Yeah, these people like just because they got used to like tasting a tree's asshole, it doesn't mean that like it's actually what they're drinking tastes good. Yeah. It's just they want to pretend like they have a more refined palate. Like Brian and I yeah. are at the point where like we can do it, and we there's a lot that we like at this point, but it's also, you know, we're never going to turn down a cheap beer, especially if anyone gives us one. So 
No. Yeah, usually the people are like, oh, beer is an acquired taste. You have to drink more so you can expand your palate. Be like, I don't know, man. The first time I drank a Miller High Life, I really liked it. So I don't want to have to put too much work into what I, what I drink. There's just so many options available out there for things that I do enjoy. Why do I need to put work into consuming more calories, which is the last goddamn thing I need? I hear you there. Yeah. I, I have my app on my phone right now that every, we record every Monday, and every Monday that little red line just goes because of all the beer we put away during this thing. So. Jim, I told you, just stop putting it in for these nighttime gigs. Just Fry? ignore it. Fry, I have to be a good boy, kind of. Well, be a good boy the rest of the day. Don't worry about your goddamn beer. Well, I have problems, all right? <laughs> I have so, impulses right. I've never said no to for 34 years. <laughs> all right, so then what, uh, what do you got tonight, Jim? Um, actually, thanks to you, Brian, I am drinking the Buck Naked, which comes to us from the Naked Brewery. So, Brian, I don't know if you want to tell us about our little plan we have going forward. Yeah, so we've talked about it a few times when we want to do these beer brew reviews and supporting our local breweries. Um, Jim and I were talking and I said, okay, why don't we start hitting up all of our local breweries and literally just buy every beer they have available. Like we'll go in, have these, buy every beer, review them all. And that's kind of where we started with the Naked Brewing Company. Uh, I actually just finished that beer, Jim, so I want to hear your take before I give you my opinion. Um, and kind of as a shout out, next week we actually have the head brewer coming on our podcast to talk to us. So, yeah, um, it's a really great brewery. I don't want to spend too much time talking about it right now. But, uh, yeah, our goal is to hit up as many local breweries as possible because especially during this really shitty COVID time, it's important because breweries are closing left and right. So if you do like your local breweries, make sure you go out there, support them. And also our lovely Governor Wolf has decided to, just as of today to shut down alcohol sales inside restaurants and any place of business and gathering after 5 p.m. So now we just encourage day drinking to PA, I guess. Yeah, everybody knows COVID doesn't come out until it gets dark. <laughs> exactly. Right. It, it just hides. <laughs> All these curfews and early hours and shit. Like, I, I, I get that you want to clean the joint or whatever. So, like, Walmart used to be 24 hours and now it's not because they want to. Look, I used to work at Walmart. I fucking guarantee you, unless they're paying somebody 50 bucks an hour, they're not wiping down every front <laughs> of every shelf and every product and sanitizing it. They're mopping the floor. They're doing all the stuff they would normally do at 2 a.m. while there's already people there. But now we're compressing down the hours so that instead of, you know, because I'm one of these psychopaths that I'll go do my grocery shopping at 3 a.m. Right. I'd be all about that. That's no problem. Yeah, but no, now we, we all got to cram into the same store at the same time. As long as that store is owned by a gigantic national corporation, you can't go to stores it's that are owned by perfectly everyday fine. human beings. It's perfectly fine to line up outside, no matter what the elements are. <laughs> so, supposedly six feet away from each other, which, you know, that, that always works. Mm -hmm. Well, Jim, I think my beer then reflects, uh, if you want to do a little play on words, I'm doing Dirt Wolf, double IPA. Oh, there you go. Um, from victory another semi-local to us obviously love those guys we've talked about their beers many times on this podcast and i this is just a leftover from uh one of our previous podcasts had a six pack so i wanted to finish those off before i hit up any more of those naked brewing beers one of my favorites out there but it's funny you just mentioned wolf dirt wolf get it jim 
you don't get yes. it. Wolf, dirt wolf. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Segways. But yeah, back to your point about the buck naked. This is this is really smooth. I don't know if it got a little decarbonated from uh, being in the crowler or whatever, but no, it goes down nice. This is a pilsner, isn't it? No, it's a cream ale, which is oh, like, okay. It's one of the weirder type of beers because it's brewed like a lager, but it's finished like an ale. So it's like a weird hybrid. Um, it basically tastes like an American lager, like an atypical American lager, except a tiny bit more flavor. And it's extremely easy to drink. And I, what was it? Five and a half, or it's like 5.3% or five and a half percent. So something like that. We've been recording for what, 15 minutes and I'm almost killed this off completely. So it just goes yeah. right down. Yeah, exactly. No, but um, Ken, the real question though, as Jim alluded to, you were talking to our buddies on Thought Cops. Uh, we know, unfortunately, since we're all been locked in, have you had a chance or have you been playing any games recently uh, with all the time you have? Uh, well, just to hop on here, I paused uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, the new uh, nice. Legend of Zelda entry. It's not a mainline entry. It is, uh, it's their second uh, kind of spinoff in the, in the vein of Destiny Warriors. It was developed by the Destiny Warriors team. So uh, the gameplay is very, very different. There's no dungeon crawling. There's very little exploring. It's mowing through wave after wave after wave of monsters. But it gives you that great God of Death feeling like a new game plus without having to play the game first. You, you just line up fools and knock them down all day and all night. And there's a certain appeal to that. I so love you- the lack of strategy those type of games require. They are the perfect just pick, pick up. If you want to get a little angry at you want to do whatever, like you just pick those up and there is something so satisfying. Um, I, I was actually curious. So have you put a lot of time into it? Has it worn, like has the novelty worn off or is it still just as fun for you? Uh, I think I'm probably seven or eight hours in something like that. I got a feeling there's, you know, there's probably not that much more to it unless you're a, a super completionist as most of the side quests don't even involve any user input of any kind it's like hey do you have these resources click on this button to trade these resources for a new move for this character or trade these resources for reduced cooldown time on some of your special abilities or whatever uh, and those all appear as like types of quests on the map uh, so it, the huge majority of the the quests are just menu uh, navigation and resource trading and i've gotten far enough along now where some of the resources are running a little short so it's getting a bit grindy you have to go back and replay some of the earlier levels to lay your hands on some of the resources uh nothing ridiculous yet and it's still novel enough and there's enough story element in it to keep you going now did you play the first one either the switch re-release or the when it was on wii u uh, I played it when it was on Wii U. Uh, it's like its own separate universe. It's a story unrelated to any previous Zelda title. Uh, so it's a standalone story that brings in elements from multiple different Zelda games through some kind of like time traveling, universe crossing, uh, you know, some kind of magic doodad right. that brings in like, oh, you're, you're going to get... Uh, this you're going to get this version of zelda and this different version of link but you're also going to get fee the spirit of the master sword from skyward sword and you're going to get mifa the uh all right yeah i think they added mifa later in the uh switch re-release or all the champions from breath of the wild 
and you know you're going to have a different version of Impa in there. There's all kinds of side characters from all different kinds of Zelda games. So it was a fun time just playing for the novel story. Uh, and of course, the original, uh, this is a, a prequel to Breath of the Wild. So it's a direct tie into Breath of the Wild. Uh, probably just trying to build hype for Breath of the Wild 2, which is most likely going to be next year. They haven't, they haven't announced an official date and it might get COVID delayed also. But uh, it's just kind of expanding the story on the, uh, the 100 year time frame before Breath of the Wild when uh, Hyrule basically got destroyed. Nice. So, damn, you're just bound on. So, are you? It sounds like you have uh, a lot of back history with Zelda. There, are you like one of the diehards who's been there from the beginning, or played all the Zelda different games? Fan. I've played every mainline Zelda game and a lot of the mobile games and spinoffs and all that. And I've, I've enjoyed almost all of them. Uh, I didn't really like mm-hmm. like some of the mobile ones, like Spirit Tracks. I didn't like that much, uh, and that kind of stuff. But uh, all of your uh, like showcase, you know, mainline titles I've really liked quite a bit. Uh, Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, and Link to the Past. Those are like the standouts for me. So even Skyward Sword, people seem to hate that one. I like Skyward Sword a lot. Like I understood what they were going for. The motion capture mechanics uh, weren't exactly perfect. So yeah, there was some frustration at times. And there were some elements that you could have done without. But uh, just the, it, it was one of the very first motion control games where motion control is really necessary part of the game and just the act of having to swing the controller in different directions it really did give almost a sense of immersion that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise it also made my wrist hurt really bad from (laughs) doing shield bashes with the terribly terribly insensitive uh, nunchuck attachment for the wiimote yeah, and what do you call it? Skyward was also Motion Plus boosted, right? So you had the Motion Plus good out of the right Wiimote, and then you still had the Nunchuck from 2006. It's just going all over the place. Yeah, and the Nunchuck didn't have that much motion elements, but uh, one of the important moves was bashing with your shield. It's how you could set up parries and stuff. It was, uh, And if you couldn't do it properly, you could not do the final boss fight. The final Jesus. boss fight required you to do it. Uh, it'd be pretty decent at it you know it wasn't super hard zelda games are very forgiving on the uh difficulty curve but you did need to be able to do this move and if your nunchuck uh was a piece of shit like 89 percent of them were then you were going to have a frustrating time in uh, some of those boss encounters now ken i'm curious uh with the holidays coming up and with the releases of xbox series x and the ps5 are you just sticking with Switch in this gen, or are you getting anything new? Well, if I could get my hands on a PS5, I probably would. But I also just had to buy a new freaking water heater and have my washing oh, machine uh. repaired within the last week. So all my discretionary income has been spent yeah. on stupid homeowning bullshit. Uh, so I probably won't be investing in the next gen for a while. But that's okay because, you know, every successive generation seems to have fewer and fewer and fewer games, especially in the first year. And especially, especially with the COVID delays, like there's not going to be pretty much anything for the PS5 that can't be played on the PS4 at a slightly lower frame rate and resolution for a good long time. Bug snacks. Yeah, bug snacks. (laughs) uh, You know, I'm an old man with bad eyes who really has different telling difficulty telling the difference between 1080p and 4K. 
So I, I don't know how much more juice I need to squeeze out of my console right now. I might be able to wait a little bit. Damn you, Jim, for saying bug snacks. If I see one more goddamn person post about that. Uh... Yeah, would you like to be a horrifying uh, Dr. Moreau <laughs> knockoff playing God with a whole bunch of bugs and random objects? Apparently these these uh, residents of the town just want to be turned into unholy abominations <laughs> unto the Lord by eating these bugs, you know, for kids. Yeah. Yeah. For children. But I love yeah. how everyone's like, so excited. They're like, I got every achievement. I'm like, apparently everyone's got every achievement for that and every trophy because I don't, I haven't played the game, but it can't be that hard. But like, that's the big go-to. I remember when PlayStation, uh, opening day games were something amazing and now you're at bug snacks like that's crazy so to your point ken yeah like jim and i have never been uh first release console buyers we always wait let's let it be like let it drop a hundred or two hundred dollars and have a couple more good games with it and package whatever the best game is out like they always do so yeah i mean when we start talking like sequels to god of war or horizon mm -hmm. zero dawn then I'm going to start getting on waiting lists or I'm really going to be, you know, watching to make sure I can, can get down on that. But for right now, it's like, Hey, you can play Spider-Man miles Morales at a flight slightly higher uh, resolution. <laughs> and you're like, Oh okay, boy. <laughs> well, I'll just play the resolution. I already got, which, Oh, by the way, a lot of these games, if you buy the PS4 edition come with a download code for the yep. PS5 edition. So they're just encouraging you to not buy the hardware right now, I guess, cause they can't, churn it out fast enough yeah exactly now they're and they're being i think the only reason they acquiesced to doing that because a lot of the triple a titles are doing that where you get the code for both for the same price is because of the covid shit they know the sales are going to be down they're just like hedging their bets that like okay well you'll have an excuse when it is time to go and buy that new console you'll have some games in your library so you don't have to buy it twice so I guess that's a silver lining here that they're at least considering the consumers a little bit. They're yeah, not like yeah. Nintendo, which will make you rebuy the same game 20,000 times for every console. Oh, good Lord. I, mean, I have, I have many games on my shelf, you know, from back in the days before backwards compatibility that I have in three or four different editions, not quite to the extent, Oh, here's my wife handing me more beer. Thank you. <laughs> Good woman. But not quite to the extent of, uh, you know, like playing Skyrim on the, my refrigerator or my Apple watch. <laughs> but uh, like I own Final Fantasy 10, I think six different times. Uh, I know it's not a Nintendo game, but uh, it's probably my worst offender. And that's your favorite game, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, if I had to pick like all time favorite, that'd be it. Uh, I actually enjoy playing Blitzball. I could do it for several hours. Everyone, like, I was never a big RPG guy, but, like, even back in high school when it dropped and that was, like, the big game, like, everyone was just talking about Blitzball the whole time. So I didn't even know there was, like, a hate around that. Like, I know there was, like, a retroactive hate for, like, Titus and all the characters and then 10-2 just being fan service the game, that kind of deal. But I always just – I always heard nothing but good things about the Blitzball part. Well, it's pretty grindy. Like uh... – to, you know, in true Final Fantasy fashion, every character has their ultimate weapon, which by the time you get said ultimate weapon, you're so overleveled that you could play unarmed and it wouldn't friggin' matter. But you gotta have it. You gotta have every... Of course. You, know, you have to have it. Well, to get the one for Waka, the Blitzball, Blitzball player, which is who's voiced by uh, the same guy that uh, voices Bender from Futurama, by the way. Really? 
Yeah, oh, try shit. to unhear it next time you're you're watching that game. <laughs> no Any clips from that game. But uh, yeah, as you're playing that uh, blitzball, you have to win like multiple tournaments, and the prize for the tournament will be pieces that you need to get this ultimate weapon. Well, not every tournament will have one of those prizes. You might have to win two or three uh-huh. tournaments before this thing comes available as a prize, and then you have to win the tournament. And every tournament is like, I think it's four games that you have to win. And every game takes 10 or 15 minutes, so it gets pretty grindy. Uh, all right, here's a question for you. So people these days, that, it just sounds like a loot box, basically, but one that you have to earn. So if you could go back in time, and you could just pay to have the same amount of chance as doing the tournaments again and again. Do you think you would have just caved and saved a couple uh, weeks of your life, or would you have still just grinded away? To afford the game in the first place, I wouldn't have had any uh, disposable income to take a shot at the loot box. And then I've never really been a uh, paying for additional content kind of guy. Like, and you get to the end of, you know, Interstellar. Oh, nope. Lost him a second. There he is. Can we're back. Internet here in Southern Illinois. I-, I can still hear you. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it just I- cut out. I was just like, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was me. Uh, the internet here in the St. Louis area, despite being uh, very expensive, has the benefit of being horrible. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, it's up to 100 megabits per second. So I guess the 1.7 megabits per second that I tested at yesterday afternoon, that's up to 100, right? That's not yeah. false advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's not being throttled through all your neighbors like old school DSL. No, you're fine. <laughs> no but yeah like jim's point that's the, i was gonna ask kind of the same thing you know we look at common to games today and they'll do the same thing they'll make it very grind heavy to unlock anything even if it's aesthetics but i feel like you know our generation we grew up getting used to that because there were plenty of games you'd have everything but some of them they were crazy amounts like all right, you really want everything, you're going to have to spend a lot of time. And Final Fantasy X was the extreme of that level, like you're saying. Like, you have the randomness of the part and then having to do so much just to get the part to begin with. So it's kind of like, which one do you prefer? Um, Pay to unlock it faster or just do it? And it seems like more and more, I don't know, my parents would have never given me any extra money for it. So I guess... Kids are just getting spoiled spoiled earlier. Because if my kid ever comes to me and says, "Can I? Can you give me some money to unlock something in the game?" I'm like, nope, you're gonna play it the right way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And where it really gets bad is like EA is one of the terrible offenders. Uh-huh. Of course, is you have to you have to grind for sixty plus hours, so a week and a half of full time work, or pay five dollars for maybe a chance at getting this thing that is the only shot in hell you have at being competitive in the multiplayer. As part of the core experience, you have to either pay extra for, or you don't get, you're going to lag weeks and weeks and weeks behind the meta, 
which is constantly changing in these live service games. You know, they're nerfing certain weapons, powering up others, you know, changing how, uh, how different weapons interact with different defenses constantly in a, and from one aspect, it's great that they can do these patches and help balance the game. But from another aspect, it's very easy for them to manipulate and say like, hey, uh, nobody's buying the platinum tier loot box, so let's hide something in there that just absolutely shreds the shields off of the most popular character. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that last week, and it's something a few times we've mentioned. I think the way around that is if we just all accept that games should probably be more expensive than 60 bucks. Like they've been that price from when we were kids and super NES new games for 60 bucks yet somehow everything else inflated except for the price of brand new games. So if they said, you know what games are 70 bucks, 75 bucks, it would initially be like that sucks. But if they got rid of all that other bullshit and kept including everything, I think it's a fair compromise. I don't know. Yeah, I'd absolutely be willing to pay $75 and that's the price tag and that's it. You know, yeah. And you have all the content, you're able to have all the experiences. This is the game. And if something about it is broken, we will fix it. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's, there's nothing else to it. Yeah. We might even re- release additional seasons of content, but you already bought them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the standard, even like Call of Duty now is at the point where you don't pay for the season pass anymore, but you could pay for like certain other unlocks. But like, I think in the past, it was always, you were guaranteed to spend an extra 20 bucks on top of the 60 bucks to get all the DLC packs and everything. So it's like, you'd buy the game, then get season passes of whatever service. And I'd rather just not have to do that. Just pay you a flat price. Tell me you're going to release the stuff and that's it. It feels less grimy when you pay it all up front. Yeah. Even season passes didn't bother me as much. Cause it was like, well, at least if I give you my extra $20, I know what I'm getting for them. I'm getting, you know, three single player DLCs and five extra maps for the multiplayer or whatever, you know, as long as yep. we know up front what's coming but I still would rather it be included up front as part of the game. Like, Hey, you know, I, I really don't like the multiple different editions of the game. Like, yeah, there's the base edition of the game mm-hmm. and you, know, you can play day one multiplayer. Just uh, be ready to buy additional map packs or else you're going to be excluded <laughs> from a bunch of different game types starting in a month. Uh, I, I'd much rather just have it all up front. And speaking and that, to be, speaking yeah. to be, I remember with fucking mass effect three, when, the big controversy was the day one. Oh, you want one extra character that's important to the story? Well, you got to pay for that. And everyone, this is an outrage. I'm never doing it. And then just seeing how it evolved like eight years later. Where yeah. it's like, all right, you buy a game, you get like two maps and maybe one guy. And then, you know, you just, just keep buying everything else. You'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, one of the things Jim and I do every every time a new Mortal Kombat is released and we know there's going to be a lot of great DLC, we wait till they release the gold edition with everything. And it's still the same price as the original new game. And even then we'll wait till it's like 40 bucks and then you don't pay for anything. Sure. We're missing out on the game brand new, but honestly, like most people, I think how many people have just a backlog of other games, you know, you need to get to. So it's like, just do yourself a favor, wait, save a few dollars. Jim, you son of a bitch. What? <laughs> Half that shelf has never been played. Sir, how dare you? <laughs> All of this shelf has been played. Don't look at this part. 
And actually, Ken, speaking of shelves, you mentioned that you were admiring my little sickness back here. Uh, in your game room, what do you think would be taking up the most uh, parts on your shelf? Would it be one's console, one specific genre? Take us through like a little uh, like mini virtual tour almost. Well, I'm pretty spread out between uh, all the consoles. You know, I'm a huge baller apparently because I've had uh, every console in each of the last couple of generations. So I'm lucky enough to be able to do that. Uh, my son is a bigger PlayStation fan. So the PlayStation live up, lives upstairs in our loft where he spends most of his time. And the Xbox One uh, is down here on the living room TV where I play it more often. And sometimes after I go to bed, he'll play Xbox. Or if he's sleeping late on the weekend, I might play with the PlayStation. But it's pretty divided that way. Uh, we each have our own Switch. Uh, we just have different interests. And I didn't want greasy teenage fingerprints on mine. So we got him one for Christmas last year. Smart. Uh, I don't know. I don't have that many Switch games, but really there aren't that many AAA Switch games. And I'm just not quite as interested in all the shovelware and the, you know, the $3 games and all that stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm an old man with limited time to play video games. So usually I'm, I'm only playing the big titles from the big series, the new Mario, the new Zelda, the new God of War. And that kind of thing. Uh, I got it pretty spread out. The only thing I don't do is PC gaming because I just don't have the money or time yeah. to continuously upgrade a PC. You mean you don't want to drop like three grand every couple of years or whatever it's going to take? No, it's insane. Every console generation is like, oh, all you console suckers are going to have to drop 600 bucks on a PS5. Like, well, I could wait a eight months or so and probably <laughs> get one for 500. Uh, but to run the latest PC game, it's going to chug along and look like shit unless you have the latest graphics card that's water-cooled and, you know, to get that, you're going to have to upgrade your motherboard, you know, and, yep. uh, you know, your primary chipset. It's just, it's just not cutting it anymore. It's 18 months old. You might as well put your beer on top of it. <laughs> it's insanity. You know, a decent graphics card, you're looking at like seven, 800 bucks, especially now that the Bitcoin miners just snap them up for the last yep. five years. Yeah, that's what always cracks me up is that price point of of the graphics card and how quickly that goes. Like, it just, yeah, it's like, okay, enjoy your 4K, whatever, but in two, in two more games, you're going to be irrelevant and you can't even run it. So, okay, do what you got to do. But yeah. an old IT buddy of mine, speaking of Bitcoin mining, like back in 2011, he was like, I was like, what are you doing with all these computers when I went over his house? And he's like, oh, I'm farming bits. I'm like, what the fuck are bits? He's like, oh, it's online money. It's going to take off. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so he had like a whole server, like a couple servers going of like all these different PCs that he was just using to bit and churn and churn and churn. So I haven't heard from him in a few years. So I'm assuming he bought an island at this point. Yeah, Hopefully he held on to that shit. I hope so. The first time I heard about Bitcoin, I actually had a chance to buy some. Uh, somebody was selling a hundred bucks worth at ITT Tech where I was going to school 12 years ago or 13 years ago. And uh, I didn't have a hundred bucks. And I was like, well, I can't afford to gamble a hundred bucks. At the Bitcoin peak, it would have been worth like $300,000. <laughs> but you know what? For every single Bitcoin, there's a million other ones where you do spend that money. You never see it. It's like, you know, nobody ever could have hope that kind of bubble burst and he, i think even recently in the past month or two it had a little spike 
like because it hit that like almost what 19k mark and then it's dipped down back to like nine or eight and then it's spike like it's never going to hit that real surge like it did before so everyone's now hoping like i'll get the next one or i'll get this and no there is no next one too many people know about it now the last one was people became exposed to it it became more mainstream mm-hmm. and investors wanted to start buying it up and by investors i mean people you know the same kind of people that bought beanie babies back right. in the 90s yep. thinking that they were going to send their kids to college on beanie baby money it yep. hyperinflated the price a bunch of those people lost their shirt and folks that had been sitting on bitcoin for several years hopefully cashed out and didn't get hosed I hope. Um, and they didn't sit there and wait like, oh man, I could profit three quarters of a million dollars right now, but what if tomorrow it's three quarters of a million and one? And then they <laughs> fucking lost all their money, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jim, uh, Jim is a collector from heart, but I mean, at least he doesn't collect for the wrong purposes and not to judge anyone, but if you're trying to collect for your future savings, it's like, no, just fuck the scalpers, fuck the graders. We can, we can say it. We don't have to be nice about it. Yeah. The hell with those people. They're just taking away from the enjoyment of people that want to display things in their houses. Yeah. And haven't because it brings you a moment of happiness to see that thing. And, and I, I'm not going to uh, dump on anybody. I, I still collect transformers, you know, uh, more than meets the eye. I got, shelf after shelf of them in my room upstairs uh and i just love them my whole family loves them me and my wife and kid we all like them uh i have too much money tied up in them but i have no illusions that they're ever going to resell ever i take them out of the box i screw with them because it's fun right i'm collecting them for my enjoyment the people out there that have an optimus prime from 1986 with the rare variant that accidentally had two left hands and it's still mint in the box and it's sealed in a bank vault somewhere dude why don't you just buy silver certificates or that's my stock or something you fucking weirdo (laughs) that's what i hate i like the idea of a shelf collector for just like that is your investment that's where i'm like people get legit enjoyment out of this stuff. And if you're someone, even if you're a shelf collector, maybe you are getting enjoyment, but if you're looking at it purely as a monetary thing, that that's the only thing that, that pisses me off. And especially with games that are rare that people would love to actually play or something like that. It's like, come on. Yeah, man, If it's just a money thing, buy corporate bonds. Microsoft ain't going to run out of stock. You'll always be able to buy more. Yeah. But you know what they don't have very many of? copies of the original Mario RPG on cartridges that actually work and have functioning batteries. Yeah, exactly. But now there's always some dicks. And speaking of that, like when we asked you about the PS5 or the new Xbox, now digitally you deal with the bullshit with the bots that buy up the shit when they do the midnight release and we know Black Friday's coming and it's almost useless. Like, would I get something that's on sale? Sure. But I know the second I click on that website, everything's going to be sold out because people are hacking to sell it to just resell it and just rob joy from people. Like it's, I don't know, that, that type of shit. I never, I, I mean, I understand it's just greed, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, man, you're just, you're just dicks for doing that. Yeah. I firmly believe that every retailer, and I know they, you can't have this level of cooperation amongst competitive retailers And I probably don't want big brother corporations looking at me this much, but I just wish there was some way that we could limit it to one per shipping address. 
definitely can't buy six all from Amazon. You yeah. can only buy one. But if you bought one from Amazon, you can't buy one from Best Buy. You can't buy one from, I was going to say Circuit City because I'm old. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for 10 years. But you can't buy one from anywhere else. Uh, but no, that's obviously not the case. You know, you can just have make too much sense. You can just have different email addresses, even if there are limits and have different logins and, and buy as many of these things as you want. And then morons will pay 1200 bucks for them on eBay. Well, I think the best example we saw when the, what was that asshole? Where was he from? The guy at the beginning of COVID who like stockpiled toilet paper and stuff. And didn't they give him like oh, yeah. an order to like, I, like something happened. Oh, right? the Texas they, guy. Yeah. He like, he like basically like churned out all of Amazon stock in his garage. And then like the police came and like, motherfucker, you got it. Like, yeah. we're taking this. He had tens of thousands of dollars worth of hand sanitizer and he yeah. was trying and he was going to make like a thousand percent profit, but hoarding physical necessary goods like that during an emergency is illegal. That's a law that's been on the books since like the civil war. And so they were able to come in and be like, Hey, you're, you're basically war profiteering. Yeah, uh, exactly. And that's illegal. So we're seizing all your hand sanitizer and giving it to the poor. We're Robin hooding your ass and you're yeah. at 10,000 bucks that you paid for it or whatever. You know, you're a dickhead when you'd make the government be Robin hood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, when the cops are kicking in your door and they're the good guy, you're like, oh man, <laughs> what a what a hard left turn we made in 2020. It's been a weird police, year. Police seizing your property, you're the good guy, and then oh man, that didn't last. Exactly, but that's like a perfect example. Like man, everyone looks for his opportunities, and it's just you ain't never gonna fix it. That's the human condition, unfortunately. There's that famine mentality. Like God forbid anyone else is doing okay too then I must be doing bad. So that's the reason every store is out of toilet paper again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like for God's sake, buy enough for you to use for a week. Everybody in the world could do that and we'd have enough. But one jackass fills up three shopping carts with toilet paper and then some panicky moron behind him sees it. So he does it. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it only takes like three of those people before the whole store is out. Yeah. Look, I'm a celebrated shitter. I shit a lot. And even when I could finally get some goddamn toilet paper, like, of course, I stocked up because I was like, when am I going to get this again? And even then, with my freaking ass schedule, I still have tons of more than I'll ever need left. Like, these people need to calm down with this shit. Yeah, I just wish that uh, that we had more plumbers available because I would have bought stock in bidets. It seems yes. like they would have. Uh, <laughs> oh, the the thing that they really sold out on and, and the big thing that got a push was uh, they're not even a full set bidets. They're the ones that you can buy and easily hook up to either your sink or something, or like you could do it yourself. You don't need to be a plumber. I'm like, just do that. Like sell, yes, get stuck in that. Do something I, I got one of those and I haven't hooked it up yet because it, I'm on the second floor. Uh, my bathroom's on the second floor of my house and it takes like, two or three minutes running the sink at full blast to get hot to water get the, from the basement. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like getting blasted with ice water right in my ass. And the cheap ones aren't warming it for you either. No. That's off one line and that's the cold line. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I can install it on the, like it has two taps. You can blend hot and cold water and customize the temperature. But for the first several minutes, and even my ass does not take several minutes to clean, for yeah. several minutes is going to be frigid mountain spring water <laughs> like they craft beer out of. 
That's uh, a great I, thing to uh, to wake you up in the morning, though. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to wake up my neighbors, too, because I'm going <laughs> to yell like I just got bit in the dick every single time. Uh, <laughs> uh, silver lining, the wife won't be complaining about you taking your little uh, break shits and taking too long in there because uh, you're not going to be sitting there for pleasure anymore. Oh, she still will. It only hurts at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a father. We all know that trick. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Actually, how old is your kid, if you don't mind asking? He just turned 17. Wow. The only one I got, he's, uh, yeah, we, he would have got his driver's license this year, but it's COVID and there's nowhere to go and nothing to do. So he just hasn't. Uh, he can't take driver's ed right now because you got to get in the car with a stranger to take driver's ed. And he can't do that in the middle of COVID. So whatever. And uh, we've all been 17. So I'm, I can only imagine he's probably just a pure joy being locked indoors all day. Oh, yeah, he's a COVID hero. He yeah. is like a model citizen now. He went from being a social outcast, one of these otaku kids, to in one year, it's like everybody should be more like this kid. <laughs> bravely sitting on the easy chair upstairs all day so long that it makes a peeling sound when he gets up to go take a piss. <laughs> it's funny, last year when the Joker movie came out, everyone was doing the meme of gamers are rising up, but it actually fucking happened this year. It's like, oh, we're not supposed to leave? Well, I've been training my whole life for this. <laughs> yeah, all it took was a cause that requires me to not take to the streets. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, is that affecting – is he – what is he? Is he a senior already or is he a junior? He's a junior. He's got a late-in-the-year birthday, October birthday, so he's like the oldest kid in class. See, um, I was actually the opposite. I'm October two, and I was kept behind, so I was the youngest by a long shot in every class. Yeah, I was almost. I was the second youngest from our graduating class. Uh, yep. I was born three days before the cutoff or whatever uh, for kindergarten. Yep. So there wasn't anybody younger than me, except you know, like two kids that had skipped a grade. Uh, but yeah. He's, yeah, he's the old kid. <laughs> yeah i was the opposite side of that bitch because when i turned 21 i was the oldest out of like all of our friends so no one else could go to the fucking bar with me so i just like kind of sat there with my roommate and his girlfriend watching discovery channel like drinking like a six-pack and i was like eh, happy birthday this is that banger i was always expecting my whole life <laughs> yeah but you know what at least you didn't have to grow up jim during these times because imagine being 21 during covid and you really can't do shit. Dude, those guys got fucked. At least for both of us. Well, I mean, your son's in junior, but at least like our kids are so young, like they're not getting affected by the whole school thing. And at least with your kid, I guess, is he enjoying, I, I'm assuming he's enjoying being home for more in the classes or is that just like a whole weird, like why bother? Yeah, well, they were doing blended uh, in-person and online class where you go every other day. Half the kids go today, half the kids go tomorrow and they switch. Uh, he goes to the the largest high school in Southern Illinois. Uh, it's hmm. really, really, really big high school. Uh, so they they split the kids in half. And then when COVID rates started going up just uh, yesterday, or no, I guess today, today's Monday as we're recording this, uh, just today was their first day of full remote learning again. So they've gone back to all remote. And they say, like, oh, we hope to be back to in-person in January. Yeah, bullshit. They're not going to be. <laughs> no. There's this ain't going to get any better before January. So how many times have you been sitting there on your switch and all of a sudden you see his name pop out in the top left corner when it's supposed to be school time? Yeah. We're not friends on switch. He's a... smart, smart kid. That's a great, well, that's also great for you. Cause 
I thought about that. And the only thing I thought was weirder when the kids would add their parents, when the parents, why would you want to add your kid to that stuff? Like, you know, you kind of want that separation. Like you don't need to monitor them all the time. What's the benefit? So he can beat my ass at Smash Brothers? Right. If I need to check on his behavior, I'll just go knock on his door. It's like 20 feet away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, did you have that moment as he was growing up, like if you guys played games together where he finally was able to start beating you and you realized, oh shit, like I can no longer be better or I'm not well, letting him win. It's uh, most games have not been split screen, you know, for a long time. Yeah, that's true. So I didn't have to suffer through that. Like I used to be out of my friend group by far the best at Halo. Mm-hmm. Online, I was fair to Midland. I do okay. Yeah. But when we'd have like land parties and hook all our Xboxes together, uh, which is what what we did, kids, back in oh, the day yeah. before, <laughs> all, all you child listeners out there, uh, that's what we used to have to do before you could play on them internets. You'd have to hook up a bunch <laughs> of Xboxes together, have a bunch of TVs in every room of somebody's house. Uh, I'd just beat the shit out of every single one of them every time. And then, and Logan, my boy, he was like six. So, of course, I, I beat him even when I first started allowing him to play. Well, then the split screen kind of faded away, and I can't play online with my own son in my own house because I don't have two Xboxes hooked up to the Internet. So he just gradually would get better and better. And every night when I go up to bed, he's usually playing video games up in the loft. And I'll stop, and I'll be like, what's up, buddy? What are you playing tonight? And they're like, oh, Destiny or, you know, play Halo 5 or whatever. And I'll look, and he's just so much damn better than me. And I'm just like... Hey, uh, you really should uh, reload before you go into that room. You know, pro tip. <laughs> oh, awesome gamer like me. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever, dad. It's like the only chance you have is if you know there's just a really infamously hard, like, NES game. Like, you know what? Why don't you try uh, Ghosts and Goblins and see if you can beat that shit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I could bust out some Castlevania on him, then we'd see who's boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no saving here, fucker. Hey, kid, we're going to play Ninja Gaiden. Oh, you mean that really, really old game for the Xbox? No. <laughs> no, motherfucker. No, you the other one. <laughs> I mean, it was a really, 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 really old game that yeah. that one based on for the NES. You have to make blind jumps where you can't change your direction in midair and you can get one-shotted by every fucking enemy. Mm-hmm. He just talks back to you. You're like, go to your room. I'm in my room. Shut up. <laughs> Take your Metamucil, old man. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's, that's the fear growing up. You know, one day it happens with everything with the kids and one day the games, there's going to be better. Yep, I'm still a lot larger and stronger than he is, though. Thank God. Yeah, that that shit will fade too one day. And yes, unfortunately, it will. you'll be like, "Oh no." <laughs> he will be probably two or three inches taller than me by the time he's done growing. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing for me. He never does anything. Otherwise, he'd probably be stronger <laughs> than me already. All of a sudden, you go up. He's doing like jailhouse push-ups. You're like, "What are you doing? Stop!" Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, he still remembers the days when, like, I took martial arts and I can actually beat people up. He <laughs> me. I think in the back of his mind, maybe he knows better. But it's kind of like when you get a baby elephant at the circus, you tie it up with super big chains. So then by the time it's a big giant elephant, you can tie it up with kite string. And it's like, oh, it's defeated. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I showed him what was up when he was four. And now he believes I'm just <laughs> forever. It could work. I'm still terrified to death of my dad. And he weighs like 160 pounds. And he's blind in one eye and has an artificial heart valve. 
Yeah, mine doesn't have any knees left, and I'm still just like, oh, well, that, that is dad. Yeah, no, I there was always that thing, and I was someone with my dad. It, he used to say to me and my brother, we outgrew him, for, like, right out of high school, but he used to say, he's like, I don't care how big you are. He's like, I'll take it back to you if you try and come back. <laughs> so there was always that, like – I was, it wasn't like he was like a, a yeller or anything, but I was always intimidated. No matter, it doesn't matter how much bigger, or how whatever. Yeah, there's always that, that, okay, that's dad. I can't, no. I can't mess with that. I'm old school enough to believe that everybody should be a little bit intimidated by their dad. Uh-huh. You should be able to go to them with issues and talk to them honestly and whatever, but you should also respect them and know that if they wanted to, they could smash your face in. Exactly. And especially being boys, I think we have that advantage of, definitely worrying about it i think girls always a different relationship boys yeah yeah jim you're screwed you have no power yeah you at least have a boy and a girl i just have a daughter so yeah no my boy he's already on track to be significantly bigger than me and i i I just said i'm gonna get back to jujitsu and be able to i don't care if you're bigger than me i'll choke your ass out i'll I'll do something (laughs) jujitsu is good for that's a great equalizer me and me and my friends, we did uh, Taekwondo, which is great. It's a, one of the best fitness martial arts there is. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is a little tough on the joints, but it's, you know, you can do it with very little contact. But as far as like uh, street self-defense, a good instructor is never going to lie to you and say like, oh, yeah, you're going to dominate the bar fight <laughs> with your traditional, you know, striking martial arts. Like, no, real instructors know better than that. So if, <laughs> If you do go and take martial arts, which I recommend that anybody who's interested does, and your instructor tells you you're going to be like the ultimate badass, guess what? You're not. No. You're yeah. at the wrong school. Yeah, Taekwondo. Like, yeah, I've, uh, yeah, I've trained in a bunch, bunch of different – Reputable. I've done a bunch of different martial arts, and Taekwondo is – it is one of those, like you're saying, it gets you in great shape, but you're never going to whip out a tornado kick in the middle of a bar. Like you're never going to get your side stance up. You're just like, it's always going to end up. You grapple, you fall on the ground. Maybe you get a few shots in standing up, but jujitsu is that one where that's the equalizer. It's like, if you know what you're doing, once you go to the ground, it doesn't matter how big the guy is. So yeah, I always recommend that to everyone. Yeah. We, we always had a blended approach. We had, uh, we had like your traditional doing forms, and uh, in karate you call them kata but you would do your forms and you would learn your your positions you'd learn your strikes and then you would do cardio and then some days you would do self-defense but self-defense was never like jump spinning back kick or you know a back leg hook to the head (laughs) self-defense was like you know guard the face parry counter strike run away yeah and bring in some hapkido which is a another korean martial arts it's taekwondo is korean my instructor likes hapkido some light grappling and escape you know it it wasn't about beating up guys yeah no i i think uh yeah i think if you're teaching kids self-defense krav maga jujitsu those things are the things that help you really avoid the the more intimate i think karate taekwondo is traditional martial arts those are they can be useful if you can pull them off, but they're just, yeah, they're not as legit depending on how many street fights you've been in. You re- recognize shit gets messy really, really quick and it all goes out the window really fast. So yeah, I, uh, I'm a strong. Yeah. Dude. If, if you ha- ever have to defend yourself 
if you have to defend yourself in the real world, first, I feel bad for you because that's unfortunate that you have to do that. But if you do, just remember that if you can't fight on the ground, you can't fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just all there is to it. Once your opponent, even if he's smaller and weaker than you, gets you on the ground, if you don't know what to do, you're just getting rained down on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely know that very well. So <laughs> I just remember when Bry used to think he could uh, retard strength his way through with like the few competitions he did, and then he learned real fast. Like it's like, oh, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Well, the difference there, Jim, was also I foolishly decided I was like, let me go into the open weight competition, and I weighed two oh five, and I went against a guy that was two eighty, all muscle, and I was like, oh, this is going to be real bad. And he actually knew what he was doing. And I was like, yeah, this was a terrible decision. I should have went in the weight class below me, but I didn't quite make that weight. So that was, that was no good. <laughs> if you have the most perfect, the cleanest technique in the world, and you're fighting a bigger, stronger opponent who doesn't know anything, you could probably win. Yeah. But if you're fighting somebody who knows anything and they outclass you in areas like speed and strength, mm-hmm. well, sorry, you're hosed. Yeah, the guy I was going against, he was much bigger than me. And then afterwards, I talked to him, and it turned out he was like a blue belt or something. And I was not even considered a white belt at the time. I was like, God damn it. I was like, Why are you in this tournament? He's like, It's basically that's the racket. You got to get an X number of wins, an X number of tournaments to qualify for other things. I was like, Oh, that sucks. Because it was no gi, it was all this stuff. But it, you live and you learn. It was definitely a learning experience for me. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to Patreon questions. Patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game where for as little as $2 a month, you can ask a question that we will answer on each and every single episode of this Power Hour podcast. First up comes from Alex Perez. Did you guys enjoy reading any particular video game magazines when you were younger? What was the other one outside of Game Informer? EGM? Yeah, I think that was the one. I'm very weird, though. The thing I enjoyed reading the most were just getting the game guides. I know that's not a game magazine, but if I found it, especially for a game I liked, I love reading the little snippets about additional stuff for the game. But I was never a big game magazine guy, honestly, until Game Informer, where I really got into it. Outside of that, I never had the luxury of getting, um, you know, the Nintendo Power and... You know, outside of that, I didn't really know many gaming magazines, so. Yeah, the kid across the street got Nintendo Power, and that's how we were able to get through the Lost Woods in Super Mario World. But other than that, it was, you know, I think it was called the Chocolate Forest. But other than that, it's like, what? I was never subscribed to any. I didn't have the disposable income for that. If I was going to spend money on something video game related, it was either going to be a new game or at least renting one from Blockbuster, which was like the mm-hmm. weekend jam if you mowed enough lawns. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, my neighbor was the one who had the EGM, so I'd always read his. My parents were like, you have enough games, and that was, Christ, that's like maybe a tenth of the collection, not even that I have now. And even back then, they were like, you have too much of this shit. <laughs> so they were not spending the money on video game magazines for me. Yeah. No, but that that is something I feel like, our generation would have been the one next generation. There's going to be no game magazines, especially hard print. Like everyone's only going to do digital because really, unless you're a diehard collector, what's the point? 
Yeah, what do you call it? I mean, even my game informers, I used to get them in the mail all the time, but even like I started reading them less and less and I still sign up for the GameStop rewards every year. And they're like, oh, how do you want your magazine? I'm like, just just email it to me so I can just delete it. I'm not going to touch it. Yeah. yeah, I very rarely even open up the, the digital game informer. And even when the print editions were coming, I was looking like, all right, let's see if there's a couple of good jokes up front and mm -hmm. what score did they give this release and not even really reading the whole review unless it's something I was really into. And it was just kind of you know, somebody mailing me something and be like, Hey, could you put this in the trash for me? Thanks. Yeah. Once, <laughs> once the article started to get like two months behind, I was like, all right, I think I'm about done with this. I mean, I guess it, that's the way of most print though. I mean, shit, even Playboy couldn't compete anymore and all those. Like, yeah, there just comes a point when digital took over print altogether. They took out the titties. They did it to themselves. They, are, they deserved it. Well, I mean, unless uh, Playboy and Hustler can start doing, like, Harry Potter photographs that move and, and shit, <laughs> they don't have a chance. <laughs> that would be pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, all, all the big ones. The Harry Potter, Marvel, and Star Wars. There we go. Just base it around the culture, and then you can draw some new people back in. Yeah, would, like in Harry Potter, the, the photos actually move. moved. Yeah. No, you need to open up the actual physical print and have like almost a video hologram within. Yeah, if you the, open that up and it's like a 3D augmented whatever, you might buy those. Higher quality paintings in Harry Potter are even alive. So you, I guarantee you somebody in the Harry Potter universe has a full-size nude painting of Piper Perry. <laughs> they talk to it every night and it's just as creepy as you're imagining it yep <laughs> listen jim that one goddamn thing you shared on twitter or wherever i saw where what was it in japan where the guys are buying the hands that simulate someone holding your hand as you horrifying walk? Yep. Yes. Do you have to ask if it's Japan? If if it's something no, no, weird no. and it's something. The question like, was, did you share it? I'm sure I did. I know it's almost always you, but I have to double check. But that's something. If somebody's willing to buy it, yeah, they're gonna buy anything that's higher quality. <laughs> it's just one step closer to having your waifu in real life. So, damn it, Jim. You can really argue at that point, Bri. Everyone can argue, Jim. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but no good question next Thank up you, from kevin caldwell how do games create fear horror joy excitement or other specific emotions which gamer games have caused you to experience the most of these well the the biggest element and i'm not a professional writer or anything but you have to identify with the character and the situation that's going on. So there's a couple ways to go about that. There's the silent protagonist, which is like the hallmark of Legend of Zelda, where Link never says anything because you need to insert yourself into that character and be that character. And then there's the more narrative-driven method uh, where, you know, your character has a story and you're helping to drive it. And that can go so far as even in like the Mass Effect universe where you're you're making dialogue choices that you know, it turns out they don't really matter that much, but you're, you have input into the universe. It makes you feel like you're a part of it. Um, so if you don't feel connected to it, and if you don't identify with the characters, no matter how insane or weird their situation is, it's not going to work. You know, imagine watching alien. If you didn't like uh, Ripley, if Ripley was just annoying and stupid and you hated her. Well, it wouldn't be very scary because you wouldn't care if she got her damn head bitten off. 
Uh, so you have to create that connection with the characters. And if you do that, then the consequences that happen to them naturally are going to affect you. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think that's one of the things that drive you emotionally the most. I think horror games are a little easier. You do the same tropes that horror movies do. You get your jump scares, get your loud noises, um, and you just create a, a situation where you do feel helpless, which, as I've said, one of the reasons why I love the early Resident Evils and Resident Evil 4, I felt like it was such a pivot because I never felt helpless in Resident Evil 4. I felt like I had plenty of weapons, whatever. Earlier Resident Evils, I was like, shit, I have like two bullets left. I really have to avoid this enemy. So creating that feeling of like, I can't do anything. And a lot of modern games have handled that by saying like, you don't even have a weapon against people. You have a flashlight and just run your ass away from them. Um, but the feeling of happy I almost feel like that's exclusively handled by music like or music and visual, but really it's music because even in the games that Jim, I know a few games you've mentioned before through Wii and a few other consoles that made you feel happy. It's really because they were brightly colored and had joyful, like kind of playful music. The game right. itself is still like the same mechanics as every platformer and everything out there. But the really only way I think to convey that is like upbeat, happy, catchy music. Well, Bri, if you want to have some narrative driven happiness at the end, you should play Flower. Because once you start to bring the world back from the brink of darkness, Jim, you feel, the, you feel that accomplishment. Up. Bri, play Flower, goddammit. I'm not going to watch a flower grow from a whatever a seed to a petal that no i'm not doing that it's beautiful i don't have time for that jim it's only two hours that's <laughs> two hours too much but no i mean um to ken's point like any good game just like a movie like the only reason you, a movie becomes great is because you can somehow connect with the character they spend the time you care about them you care the consequences of them and if they put you in a situation where you're truly playing it, which is what a lot of great RPGs do, because especially when you create the character from the get-go, like that's you. You've put your time and effort into creating this person and making decisions for them. And to know that your decisions have consequences gives you a deeper feeling of either like, you know, Fallout 3, I always go to, Megaton. If you decide to set off the nuke and kill everyone, you felt like a complete asshole. Or you saved them all and it gave you a different feeling. So there are ways to do that. Yeah, for sure. But no, good question. Next up from Gamer Astral. Will any of you guys jump onto one of the next-gen consoles anytime soon? If so, which of you or, or which one are you the most interested in? I mean, I feel like we answered that earlier. I think we're all in agreement. We're going to wait till it's cheaper. I, yeah, I mean, honestly, I probably, if it goes anything like this past gen, I think PS5 is going to have better exclusives than the Xbox. But with Xbox buying Bethesda, that has some of my favorite game series. So I don't know. Like, I'm going to wait to see how that all shakes out. Um, it's really going to come down to what's exclusive and when the price point is right. What about you, Ken? Uh, I'm on the same page there. It's, uh, I got to see games start to come out. Uh, hardware just does not raise the flag for me. It does nothing for me, uh, especially a package deal like a console because you can't even brag be like, oh, man, I got the latest, greatest PlayStation 5. Well, guess what? I got the exact same fucking PlayStation 5. 
it's not the same as like PC gamers who can who can talk specs all day until they both ejaculate. <laughs> uh, and they do. So, we know they so do. I need. Oh God, they do. Uh, so I, I'm waiting for like the killer app to come along. Like I say, if if they announce a, a sequel with a, I know they've already announced the sequel. They announce a release date for Horizon Zero Dawn two tomorrow. Then I'm like, oh shit, I gotta pick one of these things up. <laughs> exactly. What about you, Jim? Is there any? I mean, you've been talking for a while and claiming you're definitely on the PS5 no matter what. Eventually, when I do get a new console from this generation, it'll probably be the PS5. Just because, like I said, it's looking like that's going to be the one that has actual games that you're not going to get anywhere else. That's a big thing. Like, if I can do Game Pass on a computer or something like that, then there's no real point in doing anything else. Or if I can eventually maybe put on a Stadia? Huh? Stop trying to show off that free shit you got for being a YouTube premium. Right. <laughs> I'm part of the revolution. But go. no, I mean, yeah, like Xbox just isn't, like, I always like the Xbox multiplayer experience more, but yeah, if it doesn't have the games behind it, there's no real point. So it'll be PlayStation, but eventually. Because I, I didn't have a PS4 either, so I'll be using my PS5 to hit some of the, the main titles. Like Horizon Zero Dawn's like the game from last gen that, I completely missed out on them and that I want to play the most. That's like the biggest missing thing for me. Yep. It was, and it's, uh, I know Ken, you're definitely a Zelda fan, but to me that game was way better than breath of the wild. Uh, Horizon zero dawn. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, they were very different experiences uh, to me. I mean, definitely there's room for them both. If I, if I just had to give them both like a number, you know, and then, yeah, I, I might rank Horizon a little higher. For me personally, Breath of the Wild was higher because I have such a connection to the Zelda series. But trying to be more objective about it, I think uh, Horizon was a bigger accomplishment or a, just a better crafted experience. Yeah, that game was. Whew. So, Jim, we'll uh, we'll take that money to the bank when you decide to go out and buy some other obscure random console, and you give an excuse why you don't buy PS Five. You right, get like a Vectrex. <laughs> you'll be like hey Brian, look i got this random console that i got the virtual boy <laughs> i gotta get another intellivision yeah <laughs> it is one of the original ones that i'm missing that was our first gaming console mm-hmm. as a kid my grandfather <laughs> god rest him i love my grandfather so much the original ken bone the guy i grew the mustache for he loved fucking Intellivision. He played the, the Burger Time, the Intellivision version of Burger Time one time for 40 hours straight. Holy the dude, shit. The dude was a legendary stoner. Uh, and he got super high. We didn't see him eat. We didn't see him drink. We didn't see him go to the bathroom for 40 hours. Just Burger Time. He was incredible at it. Dude, That's a game king. right there. Dude, how is his like finger his thumbs not falling off of that fucking circle pad and the joys like that? Like I have a Coleco vision and that's rough, but the the Intellivision blows that away with fucking shit. I don't know how he even worked the number pad. The guy had hands the size of like Christmas hams. You know, he was a steel worker, had big beefy fingers. It seems like he would have needed a pencil to hit those little buttons, but he did it. He made it work. Now Jim, wait, didn't what what is it you just got burger time for? I actually did just get it for the Intellivision, which I don't even own, but it was five bucks in the box. So I went, okay. Nice. Damn. So wait, Ken, you said that was for your grandfather. 
Is was your dad also Ken? Are you Ken third? No, uh, Ken to twelve. Well, me and my grandfather have different middle names. So there's like five Ken Bones in the family, but my dad's name is Darren. Okay. So I guess you could call me Skip, since that's what like Skip is—is is you're named after your grandfather. Except that's dumb, and I hate it, so nobody calls me that <laughs> until now. Yeah, I mean, they can if they want. I just won't answer to it. If you call your dog Charlie, don't be surprised when he doesn't answer. That's <laughs> true, but like to be fair with Intel with Burger Time, that's always the one that's like at like most fucking pre NES games don't fetch any kind of value at all. But Burger Time seems to be the like the Coleco version one card only is like a thirty dollar game for whatever reason. Wow. So if you see a cheap Burger Time from pre NES, pick it up because even if you have no interest in it, you still could probably flip it for a little bit. Jim, remember what we talked about earlier in this podcast about assholes who just buy games to sell them later when other I am people not could selling shit. You know I don't sell. <laughs> I know, but you're never going to own it in a television. I might. If I get the no. right deal. So otherwise, you're just some poor soul out there. It's like, man, I got my own television. All I want is burger time. But there's some fucker out there who's just holding on to it. Look, Brian, I'll just wait for Facebook Marketplace for some guy who needs 20 bucks because of the coof. So... <laughs> I would strike when the, when those kettles hot. Well, I think they did do a uh, kind of like the SNES Classic and the NES Classic. Uh, they did the Intellivision Lives, the you know package console. It has like twenty or thirty games on it. Yep. And I think that might have Burger Time on it. So if people just want to enjoy the frustrating experience of playing with a circle touchpad and a ten-digit number pad like seriously the controller looks like an old touchstone telephone and that's how you control it if you want to do that that option is available to you but i would say don't punish yourself because it's real fucking hard yeah it is Dude, like when when they announced the ps5 and people are looking at the new dual sense controller they're like i don't know it looks uncomfortable and i just see that shit and i go you fucking spoiled little bastards yep you don't know i don't know what uncomfortable is you, you didn't grow up with third-party Genesis controllers like I did, fucking holding things this goddamn wide. Oh yeah. God, for God's sakes, Jim's such a battered kid. He still thinks N64 is a good controller. <laughs> N64 controller is why my natural wrist resting position is like this. <laughs> holding the controller. Was there a single game in the history of the N64 that actually required you to hold the left handle for any amount of time? No, of course not. Nope. You said, your no, the wrestling basketball. games? God damn it, the wrestling games did. Well, shame on them. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid design, Jim. How dare you, they're perfect. But, but no, great, great question, though. I like that. Thank you, bud. Yep. Next up, from G to the Next Level, the Animaniacs reboot is starting soon, and Tiny Toon Adventures reboot is in the works. Are there any cartoons from your childhood that you would really like to see make a comeback? I'm still sad that the SWAT Cats reboot never really took off. Cheers. Swat Cats was dope. I love that show. Fucking great! It was on the local, like uh, it wasn't public access, but it was like owned by the uh, like a church in uh, in the St. Louis area. They would play. They had Swat Cats, and they had like uh, the guy that ran the homeless mission. He did a lot of programming stuff. He was just trying to put kid friendly stuff that wasn't like I don't know terribly mind rotting. So yeah, he would he would run SWAT cats. That's awesome. I like SWAT cats a bunch, dude. Two of the uh, best theme songs ever. Only two seasons, and each theme was a banger. Oh yeah, the Radical Squadron. Goddamn, it right. was a squadron. It was one airplane, but it was the Radical Squadron. <laughs> well, with that plane, that's all you needed. 
Yeah, and they had diamond tip missiles in one episode. <laughs> I always I kept wondering like how do these two cats make enough money from selling scrap metal to buy JP five to run their fucking airplane and diamonds to tip their missiles? But they, they flew still at the speed it. of they flew at the speed of heat. That doesn't even make sense. But yeah, you're like, yeah, you they, know what? I can go with it. Somehow they shot gigantic kaiju that would <laughs> ravage their town every week and could be beaten by an airplane. It was amazing. Uh huh. I just loved how the basic cops also had jet planes, but they were just completely useless. Yeah, I mean, that St. Louis PD has an F-15 now. They just suck at flying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, cartoons is tough because we've talked so much about it. Um, from when I was really young, the real Ghostbusters is, for whatever reason, that's what it's called now. I love that cartoon. But um, a little bit older it's all games that we've had like the X-Men, like X-Men and all those. So I can't really say I want a specific video game or see them to be rebooted. Cause they probably won't. Uh, one I would just love to see them have the balls to do is Ren and Stimpy. Cause I rewatched some of those and dear God, like I think everything went completely over my head of what was actually going on in that cartoon. And to see that shit released today, whoo, that would be hilarious. Yeah, I remember Ren and Stimpy. My uh, my mother one day had watched Ren and Stimpy. She was like, "Hey, you'll love this show." And it, <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of like uh, it's like Itchy and Scratchy from The Simpsons. You'll think it's really funny. I was like nine, <laughs> so I watched it, and she caught me watching it and grounded me. I was like, "What the fuck? It was your idea. That's entrapment. I should You're get a lawyer." Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i remember watching beavers and butthead and coming downstairs and saying damn and my mom was just like what the hell did you just say it was, it was, it was as if i called her a c-word basically like that was the level that i was dealing with there i don't know experimentation <laughs> might not bear that out give it a shot and see if it's equivalent yeah <laughs> next time you see her just hey ma <laughs> what about back, you jim back to the question you know what you know what fucking cartoon i want back i don't even need it to come fully back i just want them to finish it off calm your tits i loved the pirates of dark water and it was only two seasons and they never finished a story to it so. oh yeah that show was dope too and I, I just remember watching it like it was part of the saturday morning cartoons back when that was a thing yep it, was, it would play like one of the later time slots so i'd catch it right before it was time to go out and play wiffle ball with my buddies uh, before Soul Train came on, so, <laughs> that's that's when you knew the cartoons were over when Soul Train came on. Yep. So I watched that, and every time it would restart at the first episode, you're like, "Oh man, Mel, I guess they're still working on the next one." They weren't though. Nope. They weren't working on the next one. They just ne- died. Never to be. That was such a goddamn. That was like the first like cartoon blue balling I ever got. It's like, oh man, I really want to see how this runs out. Never gonna happen, fucker. They nah, did it good on question. purpose, showing yeah. kids like what life is really like. They just set you up for disappointment. You just they're just they're just trying to give you a life lesson there. That got really excited for this. Well, guess what? It's <laughs> not happening, you dumb kid. Yep. <laughs> nah, good question. And last up from Burn Retinas. I feel like this may have been asked, but in the age of delays and a game becoming radically different from its beta stages and even post-release, do either of you believe demos are even important for being a litmus for games? Huh demos only only if it comes out shortly before release like as a way to try to get you to pick it up i think the resident evil 2 remake did it like two or three weeks before release they dropped the first 20 minutes 
uh, Age of Calamity, the Hyrule Warriors game, just released their demo a couple of weeks ago, and it was like the first story mission and a couple of side missions. So that's fine, trying to hook people. But yeah, I totally agree that uh, if you release your demo now for, like, say it's Gears 6, and it doesn't come out till 2022, what's even the point? You're kind of misleading people. You're not on the star citizen level, but you're getting there. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, that's a great point. I think the only, <clears throat> when you said Resident Evil 2 Remake, I mean, all the Resident Evil games, a lot of them are doing these like short demos of the game to get you excited. But <clears throat> I think back to the original Resident Evil 2, when that demo was in Resident Evil Director's Cut, and it was part of the, I forget how long before the game came out. I feel like it was over a year. But man, I played that short ass demo. I can't even tell you how many times got me excited. But if they change the game drastically, that worries me a little bit. And I'll be honest, I can't think of a lot of games off the top of my head that I know that I played a demo and it was so drastically different. Well, yeah, have... maybe like you said, RE 1.5. Like, thank God Cyberpunk didn't do a fucking demo in 2013 when they first announced it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of the, maybe what the questioner is getting at is like all these games that are in alpha and beta. And, uh, you know, it's basically is a demo. You're in the long term beta, like Seven Days to Die. I, I don't know if that's technically an alpha or a beta now. Well, guess what? By the time it's a fully released, complete game, if it ever is, nobody's going to give a shit no more. Because yeah. it's already been like a huge Twitch game uh, for a couple of years now. It's, it's, a, it's way on the other side of its downslope even. And it never made it out of technically development. The only like, time I think these betas work, I've said multiple times, I'm a Patreon of uh, Puppet Combo, who does horror games. They do them PS1 style. Really enjoy them. As they're developing the game, they'll release betas to just let their Patreons know, like, hey, we're working on the game. Here's an example. And it can change a little bit, but you're kind of like, not that you feel like you're part of the process, but I have seen them actually respond in real time to people who've said, hey, when I was playing the beta, I had this issue, this issue, and they fix it and make, make it better. You're never going to get that kind of collaboration with AAA developers. Oh, totally. But you got to be real careful with that because there's a fine line between that and then the star citizen route of dumping hundreds of bucks into a game that may never even release. And every time they update the content, it's kind of the equivalent of the hostage taker mailing you a part of your kid's finger a little bit every time. Just like, yeah, you know, here's some more proof of life. We're actually using your money. Now give us some more money. That's definitely true. Now it is, a, as you're saying, very fine line. And luckily it doesn't seem to be super common that you get a shitty bait or you get a beta that's so different. Um, I think the worst example though still has to be uh, silent Hill PT, which never became a game. And yet that demo still gets ranked as like one of the best horror games ever when most people can't even ever play it again. So you get those weird situations for sure. Yeah. At least we're not yandere dev. For anyone who knows what that is, you know what I mean. Hate you, Jim. Right, it's, a, it's like a dating simulator kind of thing. Hate You'd you, love Jim. it. I hate you. <clears throat> it was crowdfunded because that's what people need for that. <laughs> need to hold hands that are fake. Man. Couldn't just download a porno flash game from Newgrounds in 2003 like a gentleman. Come on now. 
match three game that slowly reveals a pixelated cartoon naked woman. God damn right. <laughs> That's all Jim needs. <laughs> God, if only I could do this crossword puzzle fast enough, I might see almost a boob. Uh, those were the days. Who needs flash? I'm on shockwave, motherfucker. Making sure nobody walks into the common, like the living room, which is where the computer was when you're exactly when you're in middle school. You're on there at 4 a.m. hoping your dad doesn't have to get up early for work and see you doing this shit. Yep. Or thank God for noisy steps. Oh, thank you, God, for the noisy steps we had. I'm just doing my homework, Dad. Why don't you have your pants on? It's early. I'm just playing StarCraft. Now go away. Uh, Can anybody knock? It's it's the dining room. There's the door. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, that's another reason why I'm glad our kids are growing up in an age where everyone has their own computer in their room. Yeah, I don't have to get my computer locked up with untold viruses and spyware. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) You just still keep around that ten year old computer for your torrenting, and that's it. Yep. Uh, no, but great question, bud. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yep, and that wraps up the Patreon questions for this week. All right, so Jim, one of the things you put out here, it comes to us from whiskeyriff.com. Uh, this is a really weird goddamn beer, and Ken, we know we talked at the beginning. You're not huge into different types of craft beer, but this is a Waffle House bacon and kegs beer. It's a bacon-infused red ale. So, bacon flavor in your beer. Does that sound like anything that would interest you ever? No. I mean, first off, they missed the mark by a couple years because bacon was the huge cultural phenomenon a couple Mm. years back. Now the cultural phenomenon is I hate Donald Trump or I hate AOC, depending on which team you're on. Before that, the cultural phenomenon was cupcakes, and then it was avocados. And then avocado. Was, I was just gonna uh, say, <laughs> oh, the halcyon days of being a fans of something that weren't, you know, cartoon caricatures of the leaders of our fucking country. But yeah, they they missed the bacon train. Secondly, Waffle House is fucking gross. Waffle House is where you go when the Denny's <laughs> is closed for fumigation. Also, bacon infused. You know what gives bacon its flavor? Is fat. So there's just bacon fat in your fucking beer. That <laughs> sounds hope. so gross. And fourth, the, the, the most controversial virtual thing I've ever said, and I've got canceled on Twitter twice. Uh, I don't really like bacon that much. It's okay. But what the hell's the deal? What is, I mean, I'm not going to say no to bacon, but I'm like, oh, my God, I can't live in a world without bacon. Shut up. Ken, that might be that might be worse than you saying the L word during election season. What are you doing? Oh yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I bacon, bet I did it. That friggin' bacon craze. It's funny because my wife now, at the time like that came out, I I like bacon. I'll put bacon on whatever. I think it's fine. But I was never someone that was like, oh my god, bacon. And she got me bacon soap, and I and I was like, why? And I like used it two or three times. I was like, I don't want my hands to smell like goddamn bacon. Like when I wash them, like that's disgusting. But yeah, this is one of those things. I'm shocked. I looked up. There are other beers that have tried this before, not successfully. Waffle House. 
I know it's bigger in the South and Jim and I've been there, especially like, I feel like you never go to a Waffle House when there's not like when it's not 2 AM and there's just the strippers are leaving the strip club at the night. And that's every experience we've had for every bachelor party we've ever been on. It's just been, as you said, Denny's is closed. It's not that good. You're just drunk, drunk eating whatever terrible shit you can. So maybe this does really huge in the South. I don't know. If if I had the chance, would I try it? Sure, because it still sounds better than mustard beer, which I still don't know why that's a thing. That's my yeah. one concession to health. The only one. Like, I smoke cigars. I drink way too much. I am 100-plus pounds overweight, but I don't drink energy drinks because that shit's bad for you. Dude. Oh. <laughs> It's we, for you. we used we used to be hard in the uh the energy on the monster market until our titties started shaking uncontrollably so that's what yeah, we're that's like okay weight, that's always been my weight loss goal is i don't want to have to wear a bra to put pepper on my eggs <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i've been there that's a sinker it's a cerebral <laughs> titty joke <laughs> <laughs> even to your point about like the fucking trash 4am food the only time i was ever at a waffle house it was after a bachelor party and literally like you said strippers were there after their shift and they started fighting like right at the bar section as we're over there just like trying to like hold on to dear life so that's not the image i need when i want to drink my beer but jim don't deny if we could get if we get it, we're going to try it. Well, of course we're going to try it. <laughs> it is good product placement, you know, alcohol plus Waffle House, because the only reason you go to Waffle House is to get greasy, high-carb food to soak up the liquor that's already inside you. Exactly. Absolutely. So I, what Jim and I have said many times whenever we see these novelty beers come out is I'm shocked more – chain places haven't like i'm waiting to see the like the kfc gravy beer or the goddamn like arby's roast beef beer like you're gonna see some crazy shit and i don't know what it's gonna be but you know we we saw it with mustard beer we've seen crab beer we're seeing bacon beer who knows what's gonna be next i just wish you know burger king had uh bud select on draft that <laughs> have I'd have me a Bud Heavy and a Whopper and some onion rings. That sounds awesome. Oh, that's head, a perfect meal right there. Head over to uh, Canada, and they always got good beers on tap while you go there to McDonald's and Burger King's and whatever. We're missing out on that here. That sounds awesome. Yep. It's a damn poutine. No matter who wins an election, I'm never going to move out of America. But if it means draft beer with my gross fast food, uh, I'll make them move. <laughs> right. Different go, platform. <laughs> go out, see some peelers, and then head over to Burger King and get drunk. It's perfect. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, Jim, good pickup on this. But uh, I really hope we can somehow get our hands on that because I need to see how terrible that is. Oh, for sure. All right. So... Moving on. Uh, Speaking of our buddies at Nintendo, who are so with the times in internet culture. Why don't you explain this one, Jim? Because I don't need to say nothing because I've bashed these guys enough. All right. So there was going to be a gaming event. It was going to be internet-based, and I it was going to be a Smash tournament uh, through uh, a group called The Big House. And, of course, they were going to be playing Melee, which you can't do online, and you can only do online because of COVID and lockdowns and blah, 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 blah. So there's a mod out there called Slippy and Nintendo being Nintendo just had to shut down the entire goddamn thing and say they couldn't broadcast nothing 
because it's using an illegal version of their game. Their 20-year-old game that they've never ported to any following system that they don't make any money off of anymore. But no, 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 no. Got to protect that IP. Yeah, Nintendo really shocks me with this. I mean, because from a purely legal standpoint, I see where they're coming from. Like, hey, you're using unauthorized ROMs of our game for your own profit or your own, you know, whatever. You can't be doing that. But like you mentioned, they have never put re-released this game. I, I'm sure that the event organizers would say like, hey, we'll play it on Switch if you'll actually get with the times and do some backwards compatibility or right. have a real virtual console for the Switch, which is what every Switch user has at the very top of their wish list for the console. Uh, but you can't. And what we're doing is giving you free advertising, keeping people interested mm-hmm. in your product. I mean, it's, Nintendo did the same thing with YouTube. Uh, up until a couple of years ago, you couldn't even put like Let's Plays of Nintendo games on YouTube. Yeah. That's insanity. Let's Plays and Twitch are by far the biggest driver of video game sales out there. Like there's, there's folks out there that have just shelf after shelf of free shit that Sony th- hurls at them with a catapult trying yep. to beg them into playing the newest edition of FIFA on their stream. Uh, and here's Nintendo saying, no, not only uh, do, are we not going to enable you to do it or encourage you to do it, we're not going to allow you to do it. It, it really shows that they're uh, a playing card company from the 1800s. Yeah. And we've said, like, I mean, they obviously, they're first-party games. have never stopped selling like hotcakes, and they still hold the appeal. But if for some reason they took a dip in that, they don't have good fan service. They don't have good network for their multiplayer. They're just completely out of the times. And this shit just makes their image so much worse. And I truly don't understand what, like, I don't, I don't know. It just, it makes no sense. Yes, as you pointed out, Ken, legally, can they do it? Sure. But should they do it? No. Is this the thing they really need to go after during this time? Like, these guys, like, do they really think they're going to lose out on money somehow by these guys holding this tournament? I, it just – that's crazy. Yeah, the bootleggers were getting really on me in the comments section that are all like, um, actually, Nintendo's well within their right to shut down this illegal – shut the fuck <laughs> up. Miyamoto's not going to come to your house and give you a hand job. Just let people play the fucking game. Being well within your rights to do something and it being a good idea to do something – are not the same thing, even yeah. remotely. Like, yeah, legally you can do that, but you are, you turned a public relations and advertising absolute win into potential disaster. Yeah. yeah. You're taking a bunch of hardcore super fans of one of your core franchises and shitting on them. What Nintendo seems to do best, unfortunately, and we've covered too many of these stories. Like you said, the YouTube thing was bad enough. They finally eased up, and then they did the Nintendo Creators Program, which was still kind of like, that's weird. But 50%. Oh, boy. I mean, we're talking about a company that if you want to become friends with somebody in their online service, you still have to type in a fucking code. Yeah, yeah exactly. This it's the same, co- this, the same system they've had since the fucking Wii. They've never updated anything. Like I, when I picked up Animal Crossing, when it first came out, it was right at the beginning of the COVID lockdowns. Couldn't have come out at a better time, possibly. 
and I wanted to engage with some of my Twitter followers. You know, I got quite a few. And I figured, uh, yeah, like, let me just I'll put my friend code out there and uh, we'll visit each other's islands. Well, it's such a pain in the ass that I barely even did it. There was only like, I got probably five, 600 friend requests. I was only able to respond to uh, maybe 100 of them. And I only actually visited the islands of probably 15 of them because it's such a pain. Yeah. Nintendo for sure has to... They just have to give it to times. I don't know what else to say other than that. They're very. I feel like they would even be catapulted so much further ahead of their current consoles and make even more sales if they just did a little more fan service. But they won't, and they never will. So I don't get it because in every other area they are the great innovator. Mm -hmm. You know, they were the the first company to put out a dual analog controller. The first company with true haptic rumble feedback. The first company with functional motion control. The first company with this. The first company with this. Bridging the gap between the mobile gamer and the hardcore home console gamer. Win after win after win and everybody's copying their shit. And then when it comes to one of the most important experiences in modern gaming, the online play, they're just like, you know what? Fuck you. We're not even going to do it. Exactly. It's unfortunate, but yeah now these stories i feel like are gonna keep coming forward we've talked many times about companies punching down and nintendo loves to do that and as long as they have mario they'll get away with it yep exactly what they have to watch out for is someday people like me people in their late 30s or slightly younger or slightly older that will buy every single mario and zelda title we're gonna fucking die okay someday we're gonna be gone well, are our kids going to continue to put up with this ridiculousness or are they going to move on to the greener pastures of the Xboxes and Playstations of the world and just let Nintendo be relegated to the annals of history? Exactly. It will happen. That's easily a way Nintendo could become the Atari of future gens. Like everything's becoming digital. You want to be able to play with your friends as ni- nice as a novelty as Mario is, there's just as many great platformers on other consoles, and you can get over it. So our kids won't have the nostalgia we did for those titles. It'll be interesting, but no, good, good uh, pick up there, Jim. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would call this a good pickup, Jim, you son of a bitch. But oh, you love this is- segment. It is your segment of YouTubers mad or gamers mad, whatever you want to call it. But a lot of people have been getting pissed off about this guy, Mega64, and his YouTube video of him basically saying, my PS5 won't play any discs. And he proceeds to put mayo in it, beat it with a hammer, just destroy the shit out of a brand new PS5. And we covered last week, there was a lot of people posting pictures of them destroying brand new Xbox Series X's. We said, I don't get this. I also don't give too much shits. Like, on one hand, if you're just buying your own personal system, do what you want with it, fine. The only caveat I can put to that is, if for some reason this guy bought multiple PS5s, then I would have an issue with it. But if he just bought this one to make this video, which it seems like he probably did, maybe he bought one more after the fact. Um, it's a weird thing to do, but I think people have overreacted to 
this video, which was clearly done as like a joke. Yeah, so basically this it's a follow-up to... Oops, sorry, Ken. Go ahead. Well, this happens every single console generation. They've been doing this since YouTube was a thing. Uh, just, yeah, I'm going to unbox this thing that everybody wants. It's not exclusive to video game consoles, but a lot of times it's video game consoles. I'm going to get this thing that everybody likes, and I'm going to make them watch me break it. Ha, 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 ha. Aren't I funny? It's a prank, bro. Whatever. To me, it is no different uh, between this asshole and then the guy that does buy one of these or, or buy the old television and put it in a bank vault and never see it again. Mm-hmm. You're robbing someone else of an experience just you know, for your jollies, not for your own enjoyment of the thing, but just as a big middle finger to everybody who wants to enjoy that experience. Yeah, uh, I know Jim is way more lenient with people like this who do stupid things with their money and consoles. I, I, okay, it's a joke. I don't get it. I think you're a complete asshole for doing it. But I'm also, at the same time, I'm not going to go out of my way to complain about this guy. But I do think, in general, like, that's just an asshole stupid move. And it's not like it's super well scripted, super well edited. There's nothing that funny about it. It's like you almost get the most comical relief out of it because of how much people freak out about you having done that. You're just an asshole. Like, why, why put out five, six hundred bucks to just destroy something? If he's got the money to do it, I guess good for him. But well, he yeah. probably made the money back in the YouTube views. The the video's yeah, got like right. uh, it's got almost six hundred thousand views. Uh, so he probably made the money back, and he's getting a lot of exposure because we have to talk about it mm-hmm. because there was such a a, a reaction to it. Uh, so yeah, he's he's getting what he wanted out of it. It just makes me sad as part of you know, it's evidence of the the worst parts of our culture that like being a low grade sociopath is marketable. It's gross. Yeah, that's like uh, Jim's hero who decided to collect how many different versions of that stupid game that he had to have on his shelf because he wanted all of the same exact game. Oh. One, not my hero. I just think it's funny. The guy, he has you like loved eight, it. I do love it. He has like 800 copies of Mario Duck Hunt just to fill up a wall of it. Stupid, yes. <laughs> There's no fucking reason for it. That's my point. It makes for a beautiful wall, Brian. So you, just, you just don't know art. That's your problem. Yeah. But like I said, this guy doing this, I guess you can consider this art too, Jim. He made a video out of it. It's very true. So the, the reason I brought this up for the most part is like, I just think the reaction to it, it's so overblown. Like for one, it's a reaction. Mega 64 has been around forever. It's a couple group of guys and they did the same thing with the PSP back in like fucking 2006. So it's almost like a spiritual sequel to that. Now is, is it a dumb thing in general for them to do? Yeah. But I think most of the butthurt just comes from people who haven't been able to get one who are like, Oh, this is ridiculous because they're taking, they took a PS5 away from, you know, all these people who can't get it. It's like, motherfucker, you don't actually care. You, you're just mad that you don't have yours and that they're just breaking one. I, I don't know. Like, like Review Tech USA was like, yeah, I get their videos a joke, but I still don't find it funny at all. It's low hanging fruit, breaking new console clickbait video. I despise them in 20, 2006 and I hate them even more now. Like, really, dude? For one, like, like half no, the videos. If you're really, really mad at them. Yeah. If you're really, really mad at them, don't pay attention to them. Don't pay attention to them. Don't make a video reacting to it and linking it to the original video. 
exactly yeah they they thrive on hate clicks and reaction videos for this kind of stuff i'm not familiar with the rest of their content but this type of video absolutely so if you just don't feed that fire if you don't fuel it they won't do it like if this video had gotten 65 views and they'd lost a few hundred bucks and you know even though it's not that well edited or whatever it still probably took them several hours to put together right they think like oh well i guess it's not gonna be worth it when we go to do it for the ps6 so we're just not gonna do it yeah now unfortunately but now they'll they'll absolutely will do it yep exactly yeah i mean i review tech but then again jim to your point review tech and these other channels they gotta get their reactions out there and unfortunately this is a hot take of the month so he's not gonna give up a chance to not say anything about it so it's like all these other channels are just keep feeding the monster so the best news would be ignore it completely just let it slide by but the biggest channels will comment on it and here we are yep pretty much i mean i, I don't know like i saw like guru larry who was like i find people who do this shit deplorable like really deplorable like like, yeah, it's a dick thing. I just think like the deluge of hate that was thrown their way, besides them getting what they wanted. It's just like, come on, guys. You just can't see the obvious bait out there when it's being thrown at you. Like, stop. It's not that big a deal. He just lost out on his PS5. You're out to buy another one, whatever. Jim, what if somebody bought like a thousand Genesis's and just burned them all? Good. Have fun. I already have mine. <laughs> Gives more value to mine then. Fuck the fuck the paupers. Damn it, Jim. That's not... <laughs> now my copy of Musha went from five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars. Lucky me. Son of a bitch. <laughs> See, Brian, this is what's good about being amoral. <laughs> Son of a bitch. All right. All right. So moving on, we did get a release from who, who did this, Jim? It's the Game Awards, basically. So they have their things every year. I guess this year's event's going to be all online only because, you know, public gatherings, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. But they did announce a bunch of their categories. And most importantly, they announced their, cat- their nominees for Game of the Year, of which the nominees are Animal Crossing New Horizons, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. And gentlemen... What are your picks? What do you want to win? What do you think will win? Well, I think The Last of Us Part Two almost certainly will win. And I can't say that it doesn't deserve it having not played Ghost of Tsushima. But uh, I, don't know, I, I liked The Last of Us Part Two well enough. I didn't like it as much as the original. Uh, in any regular year, I don't know if it's game of the year material, but we have very limited number of releases this year. So it's probably the top of the heap. Yeah, this year I look at those those uh, added, and it's just a weak year for gaming. If this was like WWE, this is 1995, and I kind of just think like I I don't get me wrong, love Doom Eternal, Animal Crossing, as you said, Ken, and many people said, it came out at the perfect time with COVID. Would it have sold as good? I don't think so. I still think it would have made, it would have done fine. 
But with COVID, I think that doubled down the numbers it did. Um, <clears throat> Final Fantasy VII Remake, I've kind of heard good and bad on it, the same as Ghost of Tsushima. Hades is like that, like, I don't want to call it fully a sleeper. Like, I know people who've played it who absolutely love it, but not enough people have played it. And Last of Us 2, unfortunately – that's the game that just has so much hype for all the wrong reasons. I, everyone who I know who had, like I've played last of us one, I didn't play two, but everyone who I know who I trust their opinion has said what you just said, which is last of us one was much better than two. So is it the best maybe in this category? Um, but I haven't played enough of these games to give a real valid opinion. I just think this is just a pretty weak list of, game of the year contenders yeah, yeah i would like i would like to see hades win just as that like indie darling you know dungeon crawler whatever to get the win but it'll it'll like ken said it'll probably be last of us part two that's the that was the big journalistic what do you call it like you know bait of the year that'll be the one that everyone goes oh yeah we rose above all the you know the nazis online that were condemning us the entire time so They'll probably just give it to oh, that, yeah, even for that alone. Gamergate, too. Yep. So I absolutely will win. It's the same reason that, you know, the most valuable player in baseball is not always the guy who was actually the most valuable player in baseball because it's voted on by the baseball writers. Well, this is voted on by the game journalists, and the game journalists basically went to war with the gamers this year. Last of Us 2 was not as bad as a lot of the jackasses online said it was. Like, oh, how would you have so much muscle mass in the apocalypse? Shut the fuck up. It's a video game. She had a lot of muscle mass because she's a big girl, okay? And she punches people to death. And, that, and she eats a lot of burritos. I don't know what to fucking tell you. But <laughs> it also didn't have – the writing wasn't as tight. The pacing wasn't as good. Uh, the story reveals – uh, the, you know, there weren't as many like unexpected twists. You saw where it was going the entire time. Plus, it really went out of its way to be Debbie Downer every single time. Every time there was a story branch, you think, hey, what's the most depressing thing that could possibly happen right now? Guess what? It's what fucking happens every time. Yep. And, and it gets a little tiresome by the end. By the time you get to the end, you're like, do I even want to play this anymore? Because I'm already like kind of sad. And I really don't want to jump off of something tall today. And it was just kind of a bummer. And also Look, took some of your favorite characters and made them much less likable <sighs> than they were before. But, Look, but what are you going to do? The the journalists loved it because it's, ah, uh, yay, yes, queen, slay, go, girl, which was <laughs> not the point of the thing at all. Exactly. Look, Neil, Neil Druckmann can get up there with his prize and his trophy and say, I made a game about killing dogs and pregnant women, and I still won game of the year. So, ha. And Neil Druckmann is also a low-grade sociopath, I'm convinced. He made a game, it really seemed like some of the decisions that were made were specifically not like, oh, we think this is the, the real artistic way to go and the way that we should do it because we believe this is our character. It was less that and more, what could we do that's going to make the stereotypical gamer the angriest? Let's do that. Let's intentionally piss off our core audience for the lulls. And for the I mean, journalistic hand job we're going to get. I know this is going to be a rough comparison, but I look at it kind of like the Grindhouse movies of the 70s. Like, they're just, it's shock value. That's strictly what they're going for. So, like you're saying, that's the equivalent of what they're trying to get today with those type of decisions. And 
Yeah, I if I put money down, I would say Last of Us Two gets it for sure. Um, who I think deserves it, like I said, if you want to talk about what was talked about the most and played the most, you probably I it shouldn't get game of the year, but you'd have to guess go Animal Crossing for that. Um, my favorite of the ones I have played were definitely the Do- Doom Eternal, but there's no chance in hell that ever gets <laughs> the game of the year. There's not even a, a hint of a chance that gets that. So, yeah, I'd say that's a, that's a good article there, but it's a weak year. That's all there is to it. It's a weak year for game of the year. Pretty much. And as we close out this episode, it's Thanksgiving season. When this comes out will be the day before Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And from our buddy, Jazar, any Black Friday deals we're looking out for? I mentioned if I could find a console that was like drastically cut in half and I could get a hold of it, maybe I consider it. Other than that, I'm just going to see if there's any titles for current consoles that I was looking at that are are cut drastically in half. But honestly, I'll even only do that digitally. Like there's not really, I'm definitely not going to goddamn stores. So it's whatever's on Amazon or whatever's available on Xbox or PS4. Where I get the coup for deals. Never. Yeah. I'm hoping for a silver lining to COVID and that being that it kills black Friday and we won't have to deal with the fucking stampedes to get, you know, cheap mm. garbage. People are starting to slowly catch on. Like, oh, my God, you can get a 75-inch TV for $18? And then you get it home and you realize that it only has one HDMI port and it's got 19 dead pixels dead center of the view. Like, they make it specifically for Black Friday with cheap standards and no, you know, mm. periphery, no nothing people are starting to understand that and hopefully now with fewer people going to be in stores we'll see some of this insanity go away yeah i really every year i dread when i see the news channels show that same goddamn stampede of a store opening doors and every like they love showing it on the news i would really hope with everything going on it's not even possible, I think, in a lot of the situations because stores aren't even open the same way they used to, like we were talking about. But I just, goddamn people, like, between Amazon and everything else, every single deal you can get in stores, yeah, you might not be able to get that shitty TV like you said, Ken, but you can get every other deal just online. Get it ordered to your house. I, I worked at it. Walmart one year uh, before I graduated college when the kid was – he was a little baby. It was his first Thanksgiving. He's a little tiny baby. And I had to leave Thanksgiving dinner with the family at like 3 p.m. to go work midnights at Walmart to stack up all these displays of the hot toys and games and electronics and stuff for the year. So that first thing when we unlocked the doors at 4 a.m., a bunch of assholes could basically tackle each other through these displays. And, you know, it was disgusting. So I just, mm-hmm. I feel bad for the retail workers. I wish that not only would Black Friday not be a thing, but that the stores would still be closed. Give retail workers the rarest thing possible, two days off in a row on purpose. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, you would like to think that these stores would be doing that and people are smartening up. But as I was driving to work today, on my way to work is a shopping center. It's a nice one. And I noticed the parking lot was fucking packed. And I'm going... 
it's 6.45 in the morning right now. Why is it so goddamn packed? It was a DSW shoe store and had a big <sighs> banner saying 75% off. So I'm sure there were 300 car fulls of women outside just waiting for that store to fucking open up. So no one ever learns. Unfortunately, that's... That's the truth. So maybe I, they have to wait in a line or get a ticket to go in there. I don't know, but yeah, shit was packed. So I still think people are going to be people and it's not going to be the, I, all these, uh, you know, local governments can try as they might, but people are not going to stay away. Yeah. That's, that's a bummer. I was, I was fucking shocked. I drove by and I was like, that can't be real. I almost wanted to like turn around and like go back just to take a picture. I, I'm, I'm, hoping a lot of the stores that are notorious like walmart's and all those there's some restrictions or something but no it'll bring out the worst in people unfortunately and yeah i don't know um but yeah jay to go to your question from what i I, i'm not looking for anything specific i'll check online i don't have much hope because we know bots and bullshit buy it up real quick but I'll try my hand and I'll just check the deals. If there's something that sparks my interest from a game, yeah, I'll get it. But I'm not going to like wake up at 12 a.m. to do that shit. If I can get Assassin's Creed Valhalla for less than full retail, I'll snap it up. But I'm not going to yep. get up early in the morning to look for it. And I'm definitely not going to any physical locations trying to get it. That's actually a great game. That's a great example. That is a game I really want. So, yeah, same deal. If I can get it cheaper, sure. Not putting in extra effort to actually do it, though. I still have my $5 for the month to use at GameStop. So, I saw in one of their ads, Tekken 7, they have for like 12 bucks now. So, 5 bucks off, I can get that for 7 bucks. That would be like the only thing I'm looking to keep an eye out for. Damn it, Jim. If you had Game Pass, you could download it for free. Oh, well. That's all I got. I got nothing. You son of a bitch. <laughs> You're the yeah. one keeping GameStop afloat. It had to be somebody. <laughs> I am that asshole. Even before, what do you call it? Like Corona started, like I was just getting the fucking. The, the only reason to have GameStop around, we've said it before, is just to load up on last gen games that you never got to mm-hmm. and get them for three bucks a piece. That's the only reason you should ever go there. I mean, we talked about them last week uh, with our pals, the Thought Cops. Uh, their uh, ridiculous contest where they make the make their where, yep, the TikTok their videos. Pleasure. Good God, those poor dance peasants dance, uh, and they can get people to do it just like most people can. It's it's a very sad truth. People but. people would rather swallow their pride, I guess. Well, I'm saying paychecks a paycheck, especially these days. So. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Uh, but with that, we want to say, uh, Jay, thank you for your questions. We do like it. And uh, Ken, did you stick with Bud Light the whole night? Yeah, I ended up polishing off five of them. Not a bad evening. Nice. Man. Jim, did you uh, – Did you? well, what did you think of the buck naked? Good. It was good, extremely smooth, went, like super easy to drink. I didn't get a lot of the cream from it if it's supposed to be a cream ale, but – just as an easy drinking, almost just basic lager, perfectly fine one to go. Especially if you're not like a big craft beer person and you come across it, like you, you will enjoy that beer. Like I think, Ken, you would actually enjoy this one. Yeah, and, I mentioned, Jim, it's not, when I say cream ale, like that's a style. It's not supposed to be cream. What I did notice is when you drink it, there is a 
a smooth creaminess to the mouthfeel, but right. not taste-wise. Taste, yeah, it's strictly like a lager. Yep. And then next up, I had the Thank Frank IPA, which when I first took it out, I just saw Frank IPA, and I was like, what is the Anne Frank IPA? And I was like, oh, thank God. But Damn it, Jim. <laughs> but no, this was, I mean, it's, it's an IPA. Every brewery it has her. in secret. <laughs> it, it was aged by 60 years everyone's going to know it from, later it's actually from the diary <laughs> oh, it's made with real paper interesting but no like, it was, as far as ipas goes every brewery has their ipas i don't i didn't taste anything specific that set it apart from the rest but it was a very solid ipa nice and uh yeah i went through two dirt wolves like i said they're 8.7 percent so still my favorite double IPA I've ever had. Uh, and then I finished off my Saranax festival pills there. You know, it's a Pilsner. It's a German Pilsner, lots of good malts, good flavor. Um, this is on another one. If you're not into craft beer, that's a perfect transition beer. They like get you to try things um, that aren't just strictly IPAs. So not, not bad, pretty damn solid overall. So with that, that, we want to say, Ken, thank you so much. Ken, uh, plug away, please. All yeah, your before we go. Oh, I have so little to plug. You, know, you can follow me <laughs> at KenBone18 on Twitter uh, or uh, book me on Cameo. Just search for Ken Bone. And that's, that's all I got. I have very few financial ventures. Uh, I work for the, a power company. So leave all your lights on so that power prices go up. Maybe I'll get a raise next year. I don't fucking know. <laughs> nice awesome well once again we want to thank you for coming on ken and for everyone listening we truly appreciate you sticking with us if you haven't already please subscribe to us on youtube on itunes and if you haven't already give us a rating if you can give us a five star even if you want to blast us in the comments we truly appreciate it any comments you give us we do read and we do respond to so we thank you for all your support for watching us and until next time guys Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers.